Roger. Yeah, I think he's pulling the wrong one. I'm just... Okay, I'm ready to pull it down now. There was still a little bit uh, left in the... Okay, don't hold it quite so tight. Okay. Yeah, what? Hi, welcome to the podcast. This is how it's going to start. You are being taken under our power to your destination. I feel blessed and energized with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is here with us right now. Praise Him. Praise Him. He has risen. He has risen and blessed us. In case you didn't know, He has risen. We have risen. Much like the bread and the heart of our Lord Jesus Christ, amen, and has saved you those who oh. dwell in the shelter of His life. He's a good guy. He does good things. He's a really sweet guy. He likes doing laundry when the basket's full and he always puts it up. <laughs> and he makes sure it's dry before he forces you to go. He's a great little guy. His life is good. You'll never die. She's a sweet He is risen. Lord God, we can feel your power in this room this morning. We feel your power in our food. It's tasty. It's really good. It makes my bowels move. It's sweet and salty and delicious and Today I have a special guest. This is a guest that's been a long time in the making. You want to introduce yourself, guest? Mm. Hello, my name's Ever Maynard. Hi, Ever. Hey, it's Johnny. How's it going? Oh my gosh, hey, Johnny. It's hey, good. we started. This is good. How's your phone sound? Mm. Sound, my sound phone's good? sounds so great. How's your liquidation? Very, I'm liquidated to the max. You're fucking liquid. I'm liquid. <laughs> She's fucking liquid. Uh, I wanted to play this song. Just yeah, hell yeah, I'm fucking with. liquid. <laughs> I want you to hear this real quick. I thought this... I actually kind of thought this is how we start the show. Would be this. Tyranny, 
That was. I just wanted to play that. I like that. Yeah. What is it? It's a band Mastodon? called Nerv- uh, it's Nerv- Oh, I haven't thought about Mastodon in a long time. Uh, it's Nervosa. Ooh, Nervosa. You ever heard Nervosa? No. Have you heard of this band, Death Haven? No. I'll I'll check out Nervosa. Okay. I will check out Death Haven. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks. This is it. We got. Uh, we spent about 15 minutes just now waiting for coffee to brew. Yeah. Took a minute. Uh, we literally watched the coffee drip out of the nozzle. As and it was, everybody's just like, okay, when's it gonna go? Yeah, okay, here we go. We're watching it brew. Okay, and we got snaked by a guy. He snaked, we really did. He kind of snaked us, yeah. but you know, he also brought donuts. So he brought donuts, but I was like, come on, dude, you snaked. And then the snake tried to get my mug. And oh, I was he like, did. Hey, I think that's my mug. He's like, yeah, you're right. Mine's on my desk. And yeah. I was like, get the heck out of here, a lot sir. Of, a lot of weird shit going on today. Uh, something in the air, you know. Something happening here. What it is, and exactly clear. Oh God, damn it! <laughs> I wish I knew the rest of that. <laughs> I think it goes. Uh, something happening here. What it is exactly clear. What Stop. is right? Is something maybe not be wrong. Stop. Is, stop, children. What's, what's that, that sound? sound? Everybody look, look what's going down. That's got one of the most most uh, recognizable openings of all time. Oh, you know yeah. I mean? It's like it just screams baby boomer. It's Could like, you imagine writing that and then just getting, like, maybe they're just playing it and they probably oh, yeah. got so hard just knowing, like, yes. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> who's it by? I always forget who's it by. Um, well, let's look it up. It's not like a. It's not a huge band. I play it all the time on our live show, like all the time. I can't remember who it is. It was a great protest song. It was, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Are you into protests? You know, I am, but I also hate crowds. So <laughs> <laughs> people are like, "You don't go to the marches?" It's like, no, I don't like to be touched. Is it Buffalo Springfield? That's who it is, right? Okay, I think it's, it's Buffalo Springfield for what it's worth, right? It's this. Yeah, Buffalo. Yo, never know, motherfucker, I'm slow. Gotta cut you back and you suck on my snack a doodle. Fuck a big noodle. Damn. Yeah. I'm a big boy. I protest all the time. Yeah. You protest all the time? No, I don't, actually. I like to stay at home in my own confines. I don't protest all the time. I'll do it on the internet and hit a like button. I don't protest all the time. I won't even do that. Oh, yeah. I'm done with that. Sometimes I'll hit a share. What's on my Facebook? Yeah. So I don't even use Facebook anymore. I'll hit a share, and then I'm like, who even fucking cares that I'm doing this show? Well, I mean, who cares? Because it's like, it's not so much who cares. It's like anyone who's watching, it's like, oh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, exactly. It's such a weird thing. We're in a weird quagmire right now. Yeah, it's like a weird, a weird algorithm of quagmire. <laughs> yeah. Do you use Facebook a lot? I feel like the only time I really use it now is just like to be like, I'm I'm doing this show. I don't use it at all. I think oh, I'm nice. I think I've been deactivated You're for a while. Phased out. I guess I feel like uh, I have. Tr- I just deleted Instagram and Twitter last night. Oh, I got not, not the account, just the apps from my phone. Yeah, I've done Facebook and Twitter off of my phone, but I still yeah. have Instagram. I'm I'm bad. Something about that. I just find it like it's such such a fucking. When I find myself reflexively clicking an app, like, fit, 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 I'm like yeah, what am I doing right now? I know I'm I supposed- do that. I drive yeah. myself crazy. I'm like I'm looking at other people make shit when I have. My computer open trying to make shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's also that, th- I think it's that thing you like, search for. It's like a, I know I'm searching for novelty. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for novelty and it's like the quickest fix for novelty. It's like a drug thing where yeah. I'm hitting that morphine button, but it's just, you know, it's fucking tapped out. It's like that coffee maker. 
fucking yeah. tapped out. Yeah, I'm just waiting to get like d- dripping in my fucking mouth. So Somebody just... needs to clean that. I don't. Oh, I don't want to nasty overstep. one. Well, I don't. No, I don't mean to overstep <laughs> my boundaries, but it's clearly clogged. The oh, button is. is... It? Yeah, I don't know that much about coffee makers. I, was, I don't. I was a barista. You were for ten years. It's a long time. Let's talk about you, Ever Maynard. No, let's talk. Let's no. keep talking. Okay. You came here. I want to talk about you. All right. I really do because I, I I'm really interested in your life. Okay. I, likewise. Because you grew up in Texas. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Little River Academy, Texas. What the hell is that crap? And, yeah. So it's like <laughs> it's this small town about an hour away from Austin, which uh-huh. like in L.A. you're like, oh, it's only an hour away. Like no. that's at the airport, but it's a hundred miles. Yeah. Of like. Gun shows and gun shop and scrapyards and cornfields. Is it know? by? Is it the direction of Lockhart, Texas, or because mm. I've been to Lockhart a few times? It's in the direction. Oh no, I don't. If if I'm thinking of where Lockhart is, I don't think I so. Think it's Lockhart's... in the direction of Waco. Okay. <laughs> Did you ever watch any of those Waco documentaries? Oh yeah. God, I was obsessed. I with lived that shit. it. <laughs> Did you? Well, we when Waco was going down, we lived in Temple, uh-huh. which is a lot closer to Waco than Little River. Okay. And I remember being a kid and like watching tanks, Jesus like, Christ, roll in, tanks. and then also like on the news, it was like live. Yeah, and I didn't know what was going on, and then later we find out. Like, I remember when I first moved away to Chicago, I flew out of the Waco like regional airport. Yeah, and the compound, like the house area is still like there's just like oh that's where it was oh it's still there like a yeah bur- like you a can burnt husk it's not really a burnt husk it's like a plot of land yeah but it's like oh that's where it was yeah man what a nasty thing yeah i i still don't know too too much about it like it, i just remember like well when i think about it in my child's brain like when i go back i'm like yeah what is this going on like why are they shooting this thing my parents just being like that's that's a bad man i do remember a priest that we knew who was a episcopalian priest so i sort of that you know about episcopalians <laughs> there was a minute where i thought i was gonna be one really no joke was going to episcopalian church i think episcopalians are about as close to catholic catholicism as you can get without mm-hmm. being catholics yeah right? that's what really turned me on about it i yeah. said i can be Catholic light. I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> like I'll be a Episcopalian, sure. Yeah, and they, this priest was this really cool guy. His name was Father Nick. He was a cool guy. He was really cool. His wife taught piano lessons, um, and I took piano lessons from her. And they had a dog named Muffin that always would escape and go to Wendy's. They always find it at Wendy's hamburgers down the street. I would give Muffin a fucking treat every time I went to piano lessons, which was basically the only reason I wanted to take piano lessons is to see that little dog. And this guy, one time we were hanging out. With my my parents and their friends, their friends who were really good friends with the the, the father mm-hmm. Nick guy, and he was telling Waco jokes, and oh. he said, "What does Waco stand for?" I was like, "I don't know." What a cookout! <laughs> and now I'm looking about now. I've I've watched that documentary, that documentary Rules of mm-hmm. Engagement about the Waco. And I watched the whole Paramount uh, Paramount TV made a Waco story. Oh, with I like, haven't seen that one. I really it's want fucking to. Fucking great! Yeah, I love it. I just love that shit. I don't know why, but I'm thinking about. I think about that. Like, what happened in that compound and him making jokes about it? I'm like, dude, you, you shouldn't be making that joke. That's like a really... Uh, I don't know, I really wondered what the news was like back then. It probably did spin it pretty heavily against Koresh. It yeah. had to be, right? It had to be like, this guy's a... He's a pedophile. rapist, a pedophile, and all that stuff. It, he kind of really wasn't. But I do know that the FBI... This is what I remember. Yeah. Just burn that thing with all those kids and... Well, that like, was an accident. Oh, because what they were trying to do is get him out with tear gas, and they didn't know that the fucking 
tear gas or whatever type of gas they're using was incredibly flammable and it was ignited by gunfire or something ignited it and so that's what happened so they were like oh oh yikes that that was the whole thing i guess was they were there the fbi and the atf was very much shamed by the um they're publicly shamed by the branch davidians and so it's that classic like machismo cop bullshit where it's mm-hmm. like oh you're gonna fuck with me we're gonna fucking tenfold come back on you and teach you yeah, you do not you embarrass a fucking cop on tv <laughs> yeah and then they did <laughs> and, then they, did. <laughs> and they were like oh shit <laughs> i was like Whoops. oh we're just gonna fucking kill you. Yeah. I think we will kill you instead. I feel like that's the government's answer to a lot of stuff. It's like, well... we'll Yeah, if you get embarrassed... Like, because they just had... was the hills of Ruby Ridge, that thing where those uh, government snipers shot that dude. There's some, like, uh, religious guy who wanted to start his own country, and they were... I'm like talking about this. It's like me talking about different documentaries and different docudramas I've watched. I love it. I love that stuff. But I think it's really sad when you start thinking about it. It's all... Egotism, oh, right? It's so fucking ego. It's all it's ego. It's like you've hurt my ego. Yeah, so we but have to, I'm like, in power. So I'm now like, you'll respect me. Yeah, they, they they show that so well in the in that um the Waco whatever the, the docudrama is with Michael Shannon. Mm-hmm. And I that. really wanted to see that. Well, I'll, you can you I'll, can I'll see still, it. Now. I still see it. I'll get on I'll, the internet. I'll give you my login for whatever it is. And oh, I would love that. If anybody wants to log in, unless you're a snake, talk to my wife's parents. <laughs> Dope. By the way, didn't even know you were married till just now. I saw the wedding ring and I was yeah. like, oh, wow. I'm ringing. Tight, dog. How long you been ringing for? Not that long. It's, it's honestly a weird transition to say wife. I feel weird about it. Yeah. Not like in a sense where I... It just feels weird. It's like a thing where it's like... I feel like it's the final thing of adulthood is saying that word. I get it. And it's so adulty. It almost feels like I'm fucking joking. Yeah. Yeah, it's like an IPA or something. Yeah, this is my wife. Yeah, my lawnmower. Yeah, my <laughs> Treat lawn. her like an object. Exactly, Get it's that shed. kind of shit. It's like this thing where just that word has like so much weight to it. It really does. I yeah. was almost a wife. Really? When? Yeah, I was engaged for four years. When was this? This was from... Um, we broke up, I think, in 2013 or 14. And I think so I was in Chicago. Know. We started dating in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And then moved to L.A. together, mm-hmm. got engaged, and then two years later, it it was just not. It just petered out. It petered out, but it was also one of those things, I think, we w- probably knew we weren't right for each other for a very long time, but we were mm-hmm. so young and then kind of like, but we live in L.A. and we have all these, like, we have these this beautiful house and we have all these things yeah. and we have two dogs and, you know, like, it just... Yeah, it just went away, and then it was just like, oh, we haven't even started to even think about planning the wedding. Was it a comedian? Another comedian? I don't think she does comedy anymore, okay, but good. that's how we met. Um, and we, um, yeah, and I think looking back now, like, I didn't, we were just engaged. To me, that right. was like, oh, yeah, I love you, we're engaged. Right. But now that I'm a little bit older, I would have more reverence. Oh, for that status. For that for, type of like yeah, status. Or for that, not, not status, but that, um, I don't know what you call well, it. Well, it's a sacredness between yeah. people. And not that I didn't feel like that sacred. I just didn't know myself well enough. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, I respect this relationship. But then it was like, oh, well, the engagement ended. Like, she would be like, Have it, isn't it weird that we haven't even started to plan a wedding? And I was like, yeah, but we're comics and I don't have any money and we'll get to it. You know, yeah. like, we know we love each other. And now it's like, oh, when... When I become engaged again, where I meet someone where I'm like, oh, right. I want, there's, again, it's a weighted word, but I feel like it doesn't 
It's weighted for a reason. Yeah. Yeah, because if you don't take it, take it for what it is, and it can kind of like, oh, we just were, we didn't really take it seriously. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, we were engaged for a long time. Yeah, and we kind of thought we just, oh, we'll just be engaged forever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah, no, it's not. Yeah, because <laughs> it's and it's like the thing where people are like, wait, what's going on? Oh yeah, there was a lot of that. Yeah, like how long are y'all engaged for? Well, you're not playing. Okay, and it would be mm-hmm. like. I don't mind having a long engagement. That's not what I'm saying. Like, you know, if I met a partner and and she was like, you know, when can we, I'm not ready to have the wedding yet, blah, 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 but we're on this path. I'd be okay, like, waiting as long as we both were like, yeah, let's, let's do it now. But yeah, it was, it is, it is weird. People like to know. Yeah. And people like to just be like, well, you're not doing it the way that I did it. People love, that shit is so fraught with like how to do it. Mm-hmm. That's what makes it bad. So that's why I avoided it for so long. Was that thing where it's like I don't want to do it until you stop asking me if I'm going to do it, right? <laughs> you know, it's like stop because then people yeah. want to put in their opinions of like how oh. well you got to do this and mm-hmm. you have to have this. And now there's I feel like for a little while there was so much pressure, and I think social media. I don't know if you've experienced this, especially has influenced the way people get engaged. Like oh really? Well, like yeah. remember, like in the early two thousands, it would be like flash mobs, yeah. or like the guy would plan this exorbitant thing, and then now, like you know, I feel like Instagram just kind of came out when we posted that we were engaged, and now like I'm seeing other like cohorts, or like even like people like. Get it? I don't know. Like it's just a weird social saying. like yeah. click, like click 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 like 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 yeah. And it's like wait like. I want to do this. Well, when you got engaged, was, did that have anything to do with like sort of the the new freedom that allowed you to get engaged? Like, I think that like the reason why we got engaged is it was like. Well, what year was that though? Because I'm trying to think. Because my when was that? When did it become? When did gay marriage become legal? I think 2013. Right. Okay. I remembered like it was really sad. Actually, we. Um, I don't like to party in West Hollywood. Like, I'm not a big West right? Hollywood. Oh, really? You're yeah, not? I'm not. No. I'm not surprised. Like, it's just not yeah. my scene. And um, I remember, like, when gay legal became legal, legal everywhere. Yeah. And she was so excited. And I was, too, you know, obviously. But she was like, don't you want to go out and celebrate? And I was mm-hmm. like, well, not really. And now, like, looking back, I'm like, oh, that's so sad, like, that I wouldn't... And we did, you know, right. we did celebrate it, but it was like, oh, like, that was, like, a crack in a in our relationship. Right. Now that I've had time to, like, let it breathe, and, you know, I don't wish her any, like, ill will. Like, right. It, wouldn't, it wasn't like, you're done, I'm done. It was just kind of like, hey, this isn't... She was so stoked. Yeah, and I feel bad for that. It's so... When I even think of West Hollywood, I think... I feel like it's, like... In my head, it's like, oh, it's just men. Yeah, it's, it's mainly just men. <laughs> it's like they just have taken over. Like, Ooh. we're the only gay people. It's, oh, there's women, too. Yeah, like, there's... Not here. Yeah. Uh, it's bridesmaids or, like, bachelor, yeah, bachelorette yeah. parties or, like, fag hags. I can say that. Um, <laughs> and then, um, and then like, whenever I've gone out with, like, other, like, lesbians or right. other, like, gender non-conforming people, I'm... It, you almost feel like invisible and like pushed out of the way. Like I've also gone dancing at Akbar and have had men shove me out of the way and then shove my friend and go, "What are you going to do about it?" Like out of the wow. way so they could dance. It's very aggressive. That's funny. I mean, because I always think about that because it's a thing where 
I mean, my dad's gay, and he's a man. Brag about it. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> That's tight. It's, it's, but I always, I guess in my head, I always think about, because, I don't know, I just think about it a lot. Like, yeah. what, what does that mean? But it is funny how, like, how, how masculine certain gay men can be in a way where it's, like, even more so than, like, a straight yes. guy. Yes! I worked also at the 24-Hour Fitness in WeHo. Yeah. Like, I... It was also, like, a... It was... I mean, I just feel bad. Like, that was a part of my life that, mm. again, should have respected... Like, I mean, that was during the whole engagement thing. Like, yeah. I was having, like, panic attacks at the Starbucks I worked oh, at. Oh, really? I was, like, so unhappy. Because you were, like, in something you didn't want to be in? Yeah, and, like, I'd just done it for so long, and I was like, I want to do production comedy, and yeah. I want to do this. And then I quit Starbucks thinking that it would be easy to get into, like, production world, and unless you have an in, it's not. Yeah. But I didn't know that. And then I started working at that West Hollywood 24-Hour Fitness. Uh-huh. That's a long story short. And you see, like, different types of, like, just gay men and, like, subcultures. Yeah. And, and there were some just insanely jacked up, almost like super hetero, like super masculine, almost to the point of like, right. like almost heteronormative. Like rage boys. Yeah. And then like, <laughs> and and then you, and they only wanted to be with other rage boys. Yeah. And then there would be like this, it was wild. It was a great observation, but it's just, I've never, like, I don't, I've never experienced that in Chicago, maybe because mm. I wasn't really like. Yeah. In that scene, but out here, I was like, oh, wow. Hollywood I, gay is so different. I think Atlanta has some of that, too. Atlanta? More? Atla- Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta. I was There's like, like Atlanta's? A, Morissette. Uh, yes. <laughs> Atlanta's Morissette has been known to be highly aggressive with me, with just me. She like a- Atlanta, fucking, Georgia. Yeah. Because there's a big gay scene there. Wow. And Midtown. And there's like, I remember just seeing a lot of that at some clubs and just being, if I went into that gay club, I would be fucking scared for my life. Like, I would be, like, scared, like, because all their dudes are just going to, like, fucking do whatever they fucking want to me, I wow. feel like, you know what I mean? yeah. It's, like, so aggressive. It's not like a, yeah. Dang. There's, like, a different line, sort of. It's like a, yeah. just dudes on dudes. It's like you're in the war or something. Yeah. I've always, like, wondered. It's, I don't know. It almost seems, like, in a weird way, liberating to be a gay man. Oh, totally. Because it it's just like, well, this is it. Okay, it doesn't mean anything. But, like, as a lesbian, there's so much emotion involved yeah. in, like, fucking everything where it's just like, okay. Like, you can't just... I mean, some... I don't know. Like, I'm generalizing, but I, I hope you know what I'm trying to say. Where it almost seems like people... There's more nuance. There's more nuance. You have nuance. to navigate. Yeah. And it's, it's also like, like that thing where... Yeah, because it's like, most traditionally, there's two types of lesbians, most people's heads. I'm the boy. I'm the boy yeah. one, and then you got I'm, the girl one. Yeah. But it's never like, I've never gone to like a lesbian night or a lesbian club and like looked at a girl and been like, let's go fuck. But I have seen, like, I've had <laughs> gay, do, like my gay male friends being like, I'm going to go hook up with that guy real quick. Well, okay. Yeah. And it's like, wow, like that sounds, that feels so, like, it's just an urge that you're satisfying. Yeah, it's pretty crazy because it's like, they don't have to navigate any of that, like, innate feminine energy it's just not there right if it's there it's not the same i don't know i i, I feel like there's there's no way to talk about this without me feeling like i'm constantly misspeaking but that's how i was i'm yeah. also feeling like oh i hope i'm not misspeaking no, so I'm you only... know what i don't give a fuck you know what 
<laughs> you got a problem? Email me. 1-800-SUCK-MY-BALLS. Suck it. Suck my third you know ball. What? Oh, well, Ty. Suck my third, third. ball called a dick. <laughs> I've got a third dick D- called a ball. You got a problem? Call the number. 1-800-EMAIL ME. <laughs> You're tight, dude. Did I say something wrong? I don't fucking care. He doesn't fucking care. And you know what? I don't fucking care either. Call the cops. We don't care. Go ahead. Call the cops. 1-800-DADDY'S-DEAD. Who are you going to call your dad? Guess what? I just killed him with my third ball called a dick. Yeah. That's so tight. Yeah, this is really tight. We can talk like this. this I would actually really love this. This is incognito. So when when you were growing up in Texas, was that ever... When did you know that you didn't want to be what people maybe assumed you thought you were going to be? Well, people... I had always assumed that I was going to be a welder. They <laughs> <laughs> said. They just thought you were going to be a welder? A TIG welder, that's right. A TIG welder. A high arc TIG welder. My brother's a welder. Undersea? No. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? That certification's hard to get. Tell me about it, brother. I've been trying for 12 years. <laughs> to get your undersea welding job. You want to talk about commitment. That's a job you got to commit to. I mean, I love being under the water. Me and a welder, all the fish. <laughs> all the fish. I'm like, how's this fire going? But I'm underwater. <laughs> and you got to stay in that little pressurized container with uh-huh. two other dudes for about six weeks. I love it. Uh-huh. I love that closeness. I crave it. The isolation, the oxygen mixture. And that is really what is driving me to get my certification. Really? I go down there to intern. I said, you guys cool if I intern with y'all? I can just stay down here. and I've always wanted to just intern underwater like that. <laughs> like, like I saw those women when I was a young girl, and they said they were mermaids. Uh-huh. They had a little hose. They oh, would, right, at the bar, like mm-hmm. a cool bar. At a cool bar, and they like would a, breathe in. Their like oxygen. a half-titty bar? Yeah, and it's just for mermaid fetishes. Mm-hmm. And I said, if I could do that, but weld at the same time, I wouldn't need a man in my life. You wouldn't need it because you got the welder got and you got it. the O2. And I got the H2O. Oxyacetylene. <laughs> Tell me about it, brother. They just saw soon you're going to be a welder, huh? They said, that big one over there, <laughs> she's going to be a welder. She's got welding arms <laughs> and she, a face to hide. Well, she can hold up some ox, some some, uh, some compound poly uh, yeah. aluminum oxide. She's got it. I got it. Weld you up a trailer hitch real fast. <laughs> Come here. You need something fixed on your barn? Yeah, I'll do a decorative horseshoe. <laughs> <laughs> I'll link about 19 of them together and make it like a... They're all, they're all pointing yeah, out. Yeah, you're, you're talking. I'll fix you up a bracket to hang that on. That's going to bring you good luck. Yeah, that is going to bring you good luck, but it's also a pretty penny. I'll do the horseshoes for free, but the bracket... Ten bucks, man. That's how you get them. That's how I get them. Because they, they don't want to turn around this horseshoe. I take old wrought iron posts, mm-hmm. and, I, and I weld them into like an intricate Celtic cross. Oh, a Celtic cross? A Celtic. Oh, nothing I love more than a Celtic cross. I love a good Celtic. Because it really celebrates my heritage hey, as a Scotch-Irishman. That's right. Mm-hmm. I, I was thinking about getting it branded on me. Well, getting what? A brand? Not a tattoo, but brand. Because they're like, you're going to be a big welder. Mm-hmm. And I thought... I'll just brand myself. You I'll weld the tattoo, and then I'll get it real hot, that metal, oh. and then stamp it on my arm. Do it on your own. I'll do it on my own, and then I'll go undersea. <laughs> undersea and get that certification. You get fucking $700 a minute That's down right. there. You <laughs> just right. watch that clock span. Just ring. Did you know what? that time uh-huh. actually 
is faster up on the mountain uh-huh. and slower underwater. So if if so fact so I will live longer than most people and age less by living underwater. That's true. How far deep you gotta do down go? Oh, I mean, even sea level to mountain, you're getting you're getting more time. Really? Yeah, I've been reading a book by this physicist. What's his name? Uh, Carlo something. I, I'll pick it up right Carlo now. Carlo Barlow? Carlo Barlow. But he's a quantum. Oh, quantum. Uh, quantum gravity physicist. That's small stuff. Man, it is. But he talks about how, like, reality is not how it seems. Ooh, tell me how, more. like, time is not linear. Let me, get a, let me get some music to play behind this. It'll sound good. All right. It'll Go make ahead, it feel like now. the mood of the, of the story. Dude, sometimes, sometimes this stuff is a little over my head. Yeah, now we're talking. Let me get this book going up for you. Now, he's got a book. It's called The Order of Time by Carlo Rovelli. Hmm. I just started that one. I waited four months. Italiano, huh? Yep, Italian man. And he talks about how, you know, it goes into atom and and particles and how light light is a wave matter and it's also a particle. It's a particle and a wave, yeah. Matter is granule. And our thoughts are made of atoms. Uh-huh. So, and everything's made of atoms, so you could, you could change your mind. You, I mean, it's fucking weird. Like, the words I'm speaking are coming to me through the thoughts of my mind, but the thoughts of my mind are coming to me from atoms. Mm-hmm. And that gets a little, like, freaking weird, you know? But even those atoms are smaller. They're smaller. There's, there's stuff in the atoms. There's, what's space? What's the space between the space that's space? That's what he's talking about. Quarks, that, yeah. quarks, 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 and you got them all. So this dude, I just started reading this book. He's talking about time right now, and we know as much of the future as we do the past. And now I'm getting into that part. I haven't read all the way of the chapter. I'm about midway through. Right. And it's getting weird. And I gotta say, okay, it's just like time. Your right now, your time is different than my time. Time is only relative, and it doesn't even matter. The concept right. of now doesn't matter. And when I'm, under, when I'm under there, under the sea, welding, it's like it all disappears, and it all makes sense. I'm made of atoms, and my mind are made of atoms, and I'm welding under the sea using atoms. And actually, the only way to tell time is through heat. And nobody figured that. Einstein figured it out, but there was this Victorian physicist. He was crazy. Um, he actually killed himself while his family was Thank playing God. in the river. <laughs> yeah, see ya, you old loon. <laughs> but um, he actually figured it out because there was this rich kid who thought, you know, he wrote this paper and he said that um, heat is a liquid. And this dude said, the fuck it isn't. You, can, you can't make hot come out of a cold body, right? Like right. you can't take a cold spoon and turn it into heat, but you can take a hot body and put it on a cold spoon, the spoon gets hot. Right. That's a way to tell time. It's through heat. It's a, it's a really weird equation I was reading about. Like wow. I said, like I'm still trying to grasp my mind about it. But heat and, and temperature and thermodynamics is the only real way to tell time. time. Just talk about, about the gravity well. Man, I'm, I, I, that's a bit much. You know much. about the gravity well? Tell me about the gravity well. I don't know too much about it, but I've talked a little bit about a friend, with a friend about it, and he explained it a little bit to me, and I thought about it some more and read a little bit about it. But the idea of the gravity well is that, obviously, we live on Earth. There's yeah. gravity. Tell me about it. Oh, this book, the one I read before, right. Reality is Not What It Seems, talks a little bit about how 
Yeah, yeah. It talks about gravity. That one was a little over my head, but yeah, I then, think it's. I feel like all that stuff. At some point, it's over your head because, at some point, it boils down to math, and if you can't contextualize the math that they're talking about, you just can't understand it. Mm-hmm. Much the same way you can't describe a dream to someone else other than your own self. Damn, that's like, a great way to put it. Well, I always think about this because one time I was meditating and had this experience that I sort of. I don't know how to describe it. Basically, I sort of felt like I understood the nature of time in the universe. Damn, dude. Let's put a bookmark on that because I just had a very similar experience. Talk. No, tell me about this gravity well. Well, I I got the gravity well. Okay, the gravity well is the thing where evidently there's two things, basically. You have the idea that we live in a... Because gravity is what makes time. Mm -hmm. Because gravity gives... It's kind of a literal meaning, but it gives weight to it gives weight to everything, and that weight forces us into a linear existence mm-hmm. that gives stakes to time. Yeah, and also that has to do with the fact that we tell stories about our existence that have a beginning and an end, and the fact that we have a beginning and an end it gives that's that's the nature of drama. Right, is that you can die. You can't end. There's a finite piece to everything. That's how we describe a human experience is through the non-infinity, the opposite of infinity. Mm -hmm. We have a finite existence. And so if you have a finite existence, we describe our entire world around beginning and middle and end and that's that's the nature of drama nature of storytelling what's what the greeks created is mm-hmm. this we're telling the, the story the, the tragedy the tragedy of life and that it happens because we live in the gravity well which creates the ending of the creates a life cycle of birth and death which you're in space where time is there is no gravity you have the relativity of time doesn't exist the same way. Talk about this a little bit, okay? That's one of those things where it doesn't really. It's like that whole thing where if you go on a spaceship, you go five light years away, and you come back. The time it took you was maybe five years, but the time on Earth was a, a certain degree much greater than yeah. that. So if you leave, when you come back, everyone knows dead. But if you think about it, that doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, you know, like in your head, like how is that possible? How can my body? It's the same age factors of 10 slower than someone who's in a different physical place just because of that. And it's not like you're not not in zero gravity the whole time. You could be in artificial gravity and it would still happen. It's like, what the fuck is that? That doesn't make any sense. I mean, that's what what this book is saying. If that's the case, then... It's a bit of a mind trip. Yeah. But it's also so freeing. Mm-hmm. So tell me, you had this experience. Uh, well, that's the thing. I, was like, I had that experience, but it's one of those things where it's like, I really can't um, describe it. It's like a thing where it happened, and I come out of meditation, a meditation like that, and it's very like invigorating, and I feel like I have, like, I have, a, I have a few visual components associated with it, but I essentially have no way whatsoever to describe what I felt. It was like a thing where I just sort of had a feeling of knowing and like, uh, like a calm understanding of like, oh, I get it. Mm-hmm. But it's something where I, I can't just like call it up again. I can't just like, I can't just like, oh, I can get that feeling again. It's the same reason people, like you can't just, if that was the case, you could just exercise once or you could just like, 
you could do anything once. Like I'll have, I'll, I'll chug a beer once, and if I want to feel that way again, I just think about how it felt to chug that beer. Right. It's like, oh, I can't, because it's like that's why you do that. It's because you have a, or you have a foreign thing coming into exact change yeah. in a situ- in a field, and so it's like that thing where, if I could, I would love to be able to go back to that space, to that thing I thought and felt, and be like, oh, I get it. I just, I don't know what what it was. It was basically just. I have this understanding of like the same way you can't describe music other than mm-hmm. the way it sounds. It was the same way I felt about that thought I had. It was a thing. It was just purely, um, was just a, of a component that's not describable yeah. through language. I so see. it was like I don't know something about that that makes me think about the I guess maybe not quantum physics but just the idea the the idea of uh, how we are in the universe and how just the the sheer uh, how small we are or yeah. not even small just non-existent or anything like that is just like oh it's just a poof yeah just a poof of dust adios yeah yeah I had a similar experience where I never really had this happen I was meditating right and in my mind's eye I saw this thing it looked like a big fireman, like a big, like, emancive story. You know, like you can't explain it of just fire. Yeah. in a man. Ooh. But I knew that that was me. And then wow. it just felt so calm. But then I kept seeing, like, different weird images in it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what's this going on? And then I just knew it was okay. And it was like yeah. that feeling of, like, we're just a spoof. Like, why am I... What is this? Yeah, it's nothingness. Yeah, it was nice. But you can't describe it except what you just did, but it's like a thing where... Well, I couldn't describe... I described it in a nutshell. Yeah. I couldn't just, really go into the details. Because it's like a... It's a feeling. It's not so much a... Like a visual, yeah. Mm-hmm. The visual, I think, was just there to help me. What kind of meditation were you doing? I do... Um, I'll do chants. Uh-huh. Like Buddhist chants. What kind? Like the... Uh, I do like the Namyoho. Namyoho Rengekyo. Rengekyo. Yeah. And then I do... I start. Like, Oh, go ahead. Oh, I started doing this one. Um, I do several different ones, like depending on how I'm feeling. And then I'll, I started doing this one called Ekangar uh, Guru Prasad. And that one, you it op- awakens you. <laughs> I know how silly it sounds. But it like, sounds silly. It, it awakens your intuition, but you can't. You can't think anything negative. Is that still, is that also Nichiren Buddhism? It's Japanese? I think so, yeah. Cause well, you know, I do like a mixture of stuff. Like I have been like... Um, just like researching things, but, right? But there's one where it's like Ekangar, uh, like Wahe. I can't remember. It's a new one, but I feel so happy when I like sing it mm-hmm. or chant it. But I'll do that, and then I'll get into like this like headspace, like like vibrational right. feeling, and then I'll just like close my eyes and I'll try to focus on breathing. So, how did you learn that? Um, my friend, like a good friend, okay, taught me, and then I just started researching and. What was the first one you ever dabbled with? Uh, Nam Yoho. And that's, that's, uh, I did that, I tried that a bunch of times, maybe like five or six, oh, how long ago, probably like 10 years ago, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe eight years ago. And um, I almost, I almost thought about getting into it for real, like getting a mm-hmm. Kohunzen. Yeah. You know, do you have I, a Kohunzen? I have one, but do. this is so like janky, I just printed it off the internet. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. that's cool. And I feel like if I hold it as a sacred thing, that it is a sacred yeah. thing, like I'm, like, I know I need to go, like, to a temple and stuff, but I have, like, right. an altar and, like... Listeners, a kohanzen is a piece of paper that has these Japanese characters, mm-hmm. pr- or Sanskrit, isn't it Sanskrit? I think it's a mixture, right? Yeah, it's some sort See, of... See, I don't even know all the rules. I'll tell you what it is, it's some freaky <laughs> Eastern shit. 
printed on there by some badass. He said, here you go. And you put it in like a little closet. Yeah. And you sit in front of that thing and you go, nam yo ho ringe kyo, nam yo ho ringe kyo, ho ben pati champa. It's like all yeah. these weird words that. You have your little rosary. Mm-hmm. And you do it like a certain amount of time. And it starts to create like a honey, oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It becomes like a, a drone sort of thing. Yeah. And it's supposed to make you get be able to afford a forerunner. Four you can buy a new forerunner. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing a lot of people hate about Nichiren Buddhism because they feel like it's just, it's oriented uh, solely towards like material goal setting. Some mm-hmm. people think that. Yeah. I don't think, I think it's, for, you know. I try to get it to remove internal obstacles. Right. To let, help me let go of, um, Attachment and, mm-hmm. um, yeah, disconcerting thoughts. When did you get into that? About like a year or two ago. Just a year I, ago, okay. It's when, pretty fresh. Yeah, pretty fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, when my ex-fiance and I broke up, that's when I started like hearing about Eckhart Tolle. And Wait, what is that? Mani- like, he's the guy that's like power of now, like manifesting okay, your yeah, own I stuff. I know that name, but I don't even know. Yeah, I can't even remember the whole book, right. but it was just like, oh, okay. But it's just this idea, again, of like... Your thoughts create your reality. Right. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, like, and I'm trying to, like, in, instead of being like, oh, this job sucks, just, like, be grateful. Like, oh, this is, I'm so grateful because I know that I want to do something else. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm so grateful for the income this provides because it allows me to do this. this right. And, this. and I guess, like, that's something that maybe most people do innately, but it helps me, like, at least when I'm, like, thinking about it and, like, looking and observing and, like, trying to practice Buddhism. Like, yeah. It's like something that's like, oh, like... Okay. But you Just can, be chill. Uh, by the way, the sign next to your the recording studio says Pastor Chill, by the way. Really? Yeah. Pastor, pastor chill. chill. Pass your chill. No, pastor. It's a church. Oh. Pastor Chill. But, yo, what's up? I'm Pastor Chill. <laughs> this is a cool church, man. You've got film, studio, music, pastor art. Pastor Chill. Pastor Chill. It's like Pastor Troy, but not like, you know who <laughs> no. Pastor Troy is? Who's that guy? You want to hear some Pastor Troy? Yeah. This is a, a full 180 from what we've been talking about. That's okay. Pastor Troy is like a Dirty South rapper, like real fucking... Yeah. This is like true... This is probably some Texas shit. Maybe like Louisiana. Who knows? Yeah. God. I haven't thought about Pastor Troy in a long time. Ooh. It's really bad. You ever heard a little Scrappy? I heard a little Scrappy. That's probably Houston, right? I think so. I bet Pastor Troy is Texas. I to guess. Lean with the rock. <laughs> See, this is not nearly what I wanted. I want to hear something. Fuck. How about this? No more play in GA. This guy's from fucking Georgia. We used to sell this shit a lot at the record store I worked at. You worked yeah, yeah, yeah. at a record store? Yeah. Hey, yo, tell them Pastor Troy and them down South Georgia boys said. There you go. Since South Georgia. Think they mm-hmm. smoother, then what's up? We'll go to war. Dude, this is like. Heavy shit. We ready now. What's that sound? <laughs> hey, now, what's that sound? Everybody, look what's going down. This is still not that hard, though. It's like, this is like pre trap, huh? Yeah, but that back then was hard. It was hard, but now we're like, all the bass. Yeah. And you got rap like, I'm all sucky, pal, cheese. I bought a zero and I had that money. Zero dog. Everybody <laughs> got zero dog. I love all game. the face tats, too, right now. Yeah. Are you going to get some face tats ever? I think I want a gold grill. I'm not kidding. I think you could do it. 
I want to do it, I think, just on the bottom. I always wanted to get, like, what, you know, Big Youth, the Jamaican um, MC? No. Well, I wish I knew. How long did you work at a record store? Probably like a year. And I worked at a, um, I just been in music pretty hardcore wow. for a while. Oh, yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, it's so cool. What are you talking about? You ain't know. You know what you're talking about too. You, you know, know about music. I don't know. Hey, you do. I don't know. You like a lot of metal, right? I do listen to a lot of metal. Right. I listen to a lot of uh, electronic. I listen to. I listen to a little bit of everything. But like growing up, like we didn't have we we had the radio and Fye, which was also like an Fye and a conservative. What's Fye? For your entertainment, the only oh. CD store, oh and my then God. like the radio, like. I grew up listening to, like, Tom Petty, Ted Nugent before he was Ted Nugent, yeah. you know. And then uh, my dad was a big, is a big, like, John Prine. Do you know him? Yeah, I've been listening to John Prine recently, actually. Yeah. That's like, weird. I took John, I took John, I took my dad out to go. My mom, I surprised him with a visit to Texas. He's got a new album out called Tree of Forgiveness. There's a song called Come On Home, mm-hmm. or Summer's End. Gets me every time. Come on, should we play it right now? Yeah, Summer's In. Okay, Summer's In or Come On Home? Uh, Summer's In. Okay, we're going to play John Prime. Summer's End. That's so funny. I literally just was listening to him recently. He's so good. I mean, this is a... a, a it's so... He's it's been around an forever. easy song, but it, it sneaks up on you. Also, when you know how old this guy is. He has been around for... His first album Heart, uh, came out like in the 70s, right? Yeah, but he was still doing stuff in the 60s, Summer's I think. Summer's Around the bend, that voice, the swimming suits are on the line, just drag. I'll meet you there for our conversation. I hope I didn't ruin your whole vacation. Well, you never know how far from home you feeling until you've watched the shadows cross the ceiling wow well, I don't know but I can <laughs> I can't tell if you're making fun of me or not no I'm this is like I didn't I didn't know this is so good it's like a slow melt wide open just come on home come on home no, you don't have to be alone. Just come on home. Valentines break hearts and minds at random. Battle Easter eggs. Ain't got a leg to stand on Well, I can see that you can't win for trying And New Year's Eve is bound to leave you crying Come on home Come on home No, you don't have to be alone Come on home. This guy can fucking sing. Yeah. The moon and stars He's like 98. He has throat cancer. Something like that. Talking. I still love 
That picture of us walking Just like that old house we thought was Holy Summers then came faster than we wanted Come on home Come on home No, you don't have to be alone Come on home Come on home You don't have to Be alone Just come on home I bet your parents were happy. Yeah, they were. God damn. I mean, it's a nice song. It's just like a slow, like... Yeah, but it's like the same thing. I love it how... I love stuff that's like droney like that, that's just real... It's like locked in, you know? Mm -hmm. There's nothing... It doesn't change at all. It just keeps going. Yeah, and it's not a complicated... Like, the lyrics aren't complicated, Mm -hmm. but they... For me, they sneak up on me. I'm like, oh. (laughs) You know, it makes you think about things like... You're like, oh, you know? It's very emotional. Yeah, it's very good. There's, I mean, there's a lot. There's, like, Knocking on Your Screen Door, I really like. Lake Marie... Have you heard that song by John no. Prine? Is that a Texas reference? No? Okay. It's a Great Lakes reference. Um, I mean, you just, you said you just started listening to John Prine. I listened to him some back in the day, but I just sort of I decided I want to start listening to John Hartford, John Prine, and uh, J, uh, Leon Russell some more. Oh, cool! And I just okay. started listening to some of that stuff lately, and be like, God, this stuff is so fucking good. Mm-hmm. I kind of can't believe I slept on it for as long as I did. I think sometimes you just like you find stuff because you you just you have to find it when you find it. And it doesn't right. even matter how much you know about it for how long. Just when you do find it, like, oh wow, this is so good. And yeah, I like, like I love JJ Kale. JJ Kale to me is one of the greatest. I mean, honestly, I could probably listen to him um, for. Which guy is J.J. Kill? He's the guy who sang that song, Cocaine, and he sang um, After Midnight. Da, 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 da. Okay, I mean, yeah, all yeah, the yeah. songs were re-recorded by Eric Clapton. He sold them to Clapton. Oh, no way. Clapton made them hits, but yeah. basically J.J. Kale wrote songs for Clapton, which allowed him to do other stuff. He's like a real dyed-in-the-wool dude. He's, a, he's the, the Oklahoma country sound. The, it's called mm-hmm. t- the Tulsa sound. Yeah. It's him. It's him oh, and Leon wow. Russell. But to me, it's really just J.J. Kale. Because J.J. Kale, like, this is probably the most... This is kind of a hit. This is off his 71 album called... Na- or 72 album called Naturally. But this is still... This is J.J. Kale. Like, this to me, this is like the epitome of how he sounds. It's similar to Jump Run Away. I guess it's a little less emotional. It's more like... Oh, I like that. Yeah. His shit is... I mean, if you like to drink beer... Yeah, J.J. Kill. You could drink just... I could drink myself blind. Well, John Pine's got some songs like this, yeah, too. Yeah, he's got some... This is, yeah. Some movers. I mean... I'm gonna look it up right now. J.J. Kill is just fucking... He's, he's a... Really, there's a story about him going on American Bandstand, and he... They were like, okay, so you guys, uh, we just need your backing track, and we're going to record it. And he's like, no, we're not doing that. We're playing it live. They're like, this is how we do it with everybody. Everyone. Every single person does this. like, well, we're out. And they're like, Whoa. do you realize that this will make your, you will become a household name after this? And he was like, no. No, fuck it. And that's why, I mean, even, like, you don't know who he is for that reason. 
Like wow. he's like this dude who's like so underrated. He just didn't give a shit because he made enough money off songwriting that he didn't have to do what he didn't want to. He's just there's a lot of musicians like that I found through the years as people who just were like. We don't have to deal with this shit, so we're just not gonna. Even Good if, for you, JJ yeah. Kale. Like a hardcore motherfucker. Damn. Yeah, and all the stuff sounds exactly the same. It all has that same sort of tempo, real There cool. is like, there's like a very much like a, I'm, I'm a fucking cowboy. I'm yeah. gonna do whatever the fuck I want. There's a twang to it that's getting me really jazzed up right now. Yeah, and he's I, just such yeah. a motherfucker. He's like, got that feeling of just like a... Someone who's quiet, but if you tangle with him, it's like, oh, shit. You don't want to tangle with this dude. Like yeah. a long, like a scrawny look. Like a lot of my uncles. Really? This reminds me of a lot of my uncles. Just cowboys. You know, got their boots and they got their long wranglers. Right. You know. Wait, so you, have, you come from cowboy people? Well, I come from, yeah, Texas. So my mom has uh, eight brothers and sisters, and <laughs> she grew up... <laughs> In Westphalia, Texas, right. which is a, a lot of uh, Central Texas is a lot of like German and Czech. Oh, it's big time German. Yeah. Westphalia, a, that's the name of the, the VW. There's a VW uh, yeah. bus called the Westphalia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in Texas, there's a big immigration like in the 1800s of Germans right. to the Gulf and to Corpus Christi. And um, they migrated up. And so she actually, it's I think fewer than 800 now, but even when she was there, less than. It's dirt roads. Right. Excuse me, I had to burp a little bit. It's dirt roads, it's, you know, pastures, it's corn. And, right. Um, and it's a whole lot of nothing. A whole lot of nothing. But that's where she... So, you know, my uncles still farm, and yeah. they, you know, they, they have, like, a, I think they were truck drivers for a long time, but still farmed. My farm grandfather. What? Um, Like, corn, um, hay. Right. And then they had cows. I always remember going out to feed the cows or like you got to tag the cows or give really? them shots. Like how many cows? I don't, can't remember. Not how, like a couple hundred, but enough. How many head? We had a head, a, a dozen or so head. A, a dozen, dozen head? A dozen head. So it's almost like a hot... Uh, Maybe like 20 or 30. Who knows? What do you do with that number of cows? I think it was 20 or 30. I mean, I'm trying to remember... Because when you're a kid, everything seems like, wow. Yeah. I mean, they had it. I mean, we've I butchered so beef. some for meat. They're yeah. cattle. They're not... Uh, Milkers. They're not. They were not milkers. No, we <laughs> didn't cow, milk these. Yeah, they're, cow, they're beef cattle, but that's they're more beef, beef than a family can eat. So they sell it off. Well, they would do. We would have things where. Well, again, like auction. We, well, my mom had eight brothers and sisters. Yeah. Oh, so I guess you could eat a bunch of cows. Yeah, you'd get you'd get some meat. Yeah, and, or and they would either. I remember the slaughter. The the slaughter. I remember like <laughs> one time, like they slaughtered their own cow. Right. And I've and we've I've helped make sausage too, but I remember like doing it once at my grandpa's house and just seeing a cow hanging upside down and just Damn. being like, "What?" And then um, I think now they take it to like a a, a dude, a, a, yeah, dude, a dude, a chop dude, a chopper dude uh-huh. who chops it up for you. But yeah, when actually when my grandfather my grandfather passed away, he had cancer, and during this time there was a cow. Who gave birth? Uh-huh. And one way to kind of like deal with this grief in this morning was like we would play with the calf as it was a as if it were a dog, and right. my grandmother kind of treated it that way, like helped they, feed it. They are that way, aren't they? Yeah, they and are it would very sleep playful. Sleep on the porch and like go on walks with my grandma, and we right. would roughhouse with it, like you would roughhouse with a puppy, and yeah. then the cow didn't really realize it was a cow, and it would kind of buck. Oh shit! And its hooves would get and. It almost hit me, and that's when everyone kind of realized, like, oh, that's a fucking cow now. Yeah. You know, like, and they took it out to a bigger pasture, 
with with the other cows, mm-hmm. but he didn't know what it, he didn't know. You know what I mean? The, the little cow. The little cow has grown up pretty much alone. Yeah, didn't been treated like a dog. Right. You know, and uh, yeah, I got bit by a water snake. Adios. Dead. <laughs> Dead. A water snake. You're like what kind of snake? A water is moccasin. Water moccasin. Got got moccasined. My mom used to talk about those because she grew up in Louisiana. She'd Oof. be like water skiing. You'd be like, don't fall off your water skis because you'll fucking get bit by a water moccasin. Yeah, they'll get. They're aggressive snakes. It bit a fucking cow. Yeah, and killed it. Yeah. Jesus. Mm-hmm. So that was sad. Yeah, it was pretty sad. I think it was really hard for my grandmother at the time because. Uh, Her, you know, it was a, husband just died, and then this calf. Jeez. <laughs> Well, how old were you when this when this was going on? I mean, I must have been like 10 or 11 or 12. Right. So yeah. when did you like want to get out of there? I think, well, growing up, I always wanted to be a comic. always wanted to be a comedian. Really? But you didn't tell anyone that, did you? I told my parents. You did? Yeah. And like, oh, I didn't tell them shit. But oh, yeah. You can't like, tell them fuck that. Fuck you guys, yeah. It's like saying you want to be, I don't know, it's like saying you want to be a murderer or something. <laughs> it's like, what a, like, I want to be a psychopath. What? Are you crazy? Are you kidding? No, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, no, I told them they were very supportive. Really? Um, and then like throughout. When did you want to even? When did you even think you wanted to do that? Like when I was ten, I was like watching Mad TV and SNL. Okay. We didn't have cable, so like Saturday mm-hmm. nights, that was my night. I could stay up yeah. and watch. And then sometimes SNL had that pre-SNL SNL, like that would come on at eight. I don't remember that. It would be like special edition with like oh, Will okay. Ferrell and like Tina Fey, and they'd be doing something weird, right? And then, so my parents let me do that and, like, just watch whatever comedy movies right. I could get my hands on. Um, like, Phyllis Diller. I was huh? big into Phyllis, Phyllis you know? Phyllis um, Carol Burnett. Yeah. Like, wow. Okay. Ma- Mama's family. Mm-hmm. Um, Mom, yeah, all in the family. No, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I told him that. And then there was a point where I, I was like, oh, I, this doesn't really seem right. I'm going to be a biochemist. Really? Yeah. So I started to, like... Like, I guess I have to, I can't really do this. So in senior year in high school, I was like, I want to be a biochemist. And mm-hmm. then I, we didn't have, growing up, I didn't have a lot of, we didn't have a lot of money. So it was kind of like, okay, I guess I'll take basics at a community college. Right. And then go to a college, a, a bigger university. Because that's what all my friends were doing. But I never took the chemistry classes. Seriously. And why took... biochem? Like, why? Oh, I loved it. Okay. I loved, like, learning about, like, like chemicals and compositions and, like, life and, like, how to transform life. I really wanted... I was really fascinated by the idea of rejuvenation, like a starfish, okay. like, regrowing its arm and, like, yeah. how can we do this for humans and, like, how can we... Planarians. Yeah. Like, how do we do... You know, like... Right take away like cancers and all this stuff. Had you taken any psychedelics at this point? No, okay. no psychedelics yet. And um, actually at all. Um, never, you never have? Mm-mm. Okay. Too afraid I'll get too addicted. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I never took it seriously. I took chemistry like three times. Right. Took math. Because I was always dicking around and taking art classes. Right. And then I was like, oh, I want to be a comedian. And then when I was 21, moved to Chicago and, so, and pursued it. So when did you decide like no more biochem? Uh about the well i got my general uh i have an associate's degree in general studies got it yeah it took me three and a half years <laughs> took a lot of darkroom photography and then i think i was just like this is you i think i was like 20 i was like no yeah. i really do want to be a comic and i'm i was taking classes in austin for like improv and i was like right. this is what i what am i doing well, why'd you move to chicago then second city that's oh. where i thought like me too I, I wanted well i tried to move there but i couldn't get a job really i thought my dad kind of told me he was like he made it seem like I needed to have a job, 
mm-hmm. to because I, you know, I was sick. If I, I needed to have health insurance, and health insurance is, is mm-hmm. uh, expensive, and um, I had to have a job to pay for that. And he was like, "You just can't not have a job." And so I tried to get a job because I wanted to go to take classes at Second City. I just couldn't get a job there. But I ended up getting a job in LA and moving here instead. Cool. But I wanted to do the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Moved to Chicago. I mean, I went there a bunch of times. Uh, I played in a band with a couple of girls in college, and they all moved out there. And I wanted to keep playing in that band, and like you know. Yeah. Chicago's fucking rad. It's a cool city. Yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff to do, a lot of different scenes. So did you ever perform at the the Lincoln Lodge? Mm Mm-hmm. God, that place is the best. Yeah, it's no longer there. It's not. Mm -hmm. I have the Lincoln uh, restaurant sweatshirt, though. No. I do. Wow. It is nasty, ill-fitting, and it has, like, smoke damage on part of it because it was in a plastic bag, and part of the sweatshirt was hanging out of the plastic bag, and if you don't... Don't know if you remember, but you could do something in that restaurant called smoking. Mm-hmm. And the woman who ran like the little, why don't you call it that? You know that little desk that old yeah. restaurants have. It's not where you pay. It's like where you buy gum. Yeah, you could buy gum there. Yeah, weird stuff up front. Little trinkets. That lady was just sitting there, probably smoking one hundreds all day. <laughs> yeah. And just those sweatshirts were like stained on the edge. Oh, I love with it. Smoke. That's disgusting. That place was great. Though. That was yeah. the best comedy I've ever seen. Yeah. It was like the first time I was like, holy fucking shit! This is like so. I don't know. It's so put together, but also like really, it was all things I wanted without, I don't know. There wasn't pressure. So you were able to experiment and be free and- Do weird stuff. Do weird stuff. And like, if it didn't work, fine, but how will I make it better instead of here? It's like, if I do weird stuff, it better be good. Yeah. Like there's no- It's different. I feel like for me, I I was doing comedy in LA before I saw that. I Mm -hmm. I went on a- work trip to Chicago I went to the Lincoln Lodge and I was like holy shit this is so good this is so much this is the kind of show I'd like to have something like this where they have like videos and everything is like I don't know it just felt like very uh, just really, like a real strong variety show is what it felt like mm-hmm. to me it was like oh this is just a real cool blend of things it was like how comedy Death Ray used to be somewhat yeah. Death Ray was still always a bit more I don't know. It was kind of like cool. I think it was really cool where Lincoln Lodge was just fucking funny as hell mm-hmm. and weird and like aggressively funny. Yeah. Yeah. It was a great place. Shit was rad. There was always like a family that would bring their kids and sit up really? front and we'd be like, this is uncomfortable. And she'd be like, I want my kids to know what culture and comedy say whatever in front of them. Yeah. And it's like, I don't want to. I think that was also the thing is that people would, um, there's like normal people in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> so you could, you could, uh, people could relate. There's like a, I don't know, something about it. Like a, like a people who drink and who have normal jobs. You can talk about normal things. Yeah. And they could just walk down the street in their neighborhood and yeah. go to a show instead of having to fucking drive. Yeah. Yeah, fucking drive. Yeah. Fucking drive. But that's where you cut your teeth, huh? Yeah. That's where I cut my teeth. That's where I officially came out. Really? Was in Chicago. How um, was that? Why? Um, how old were you then? I think it was like 21 or 22. And, you know, growing up, my whole family knew. They did? Yeah, they knew. And they'd be like, if there's anything you want to tell us, you can tell us. (laughs) And I'm like, what what are you talking about? How do you think that they knew? Uh, I think it was pretty clear. Uh, And even looking back on photos and and the way, like, I did have crushes on kids in my class, girls in my class, but I didn't know. Like, that's not a crush. I'm just a tomboy. Or, you know, and I would force myself to have, like, a crush on the weirdest looking dude. Oh, really? But I didn't really... Um, and then, you know, they're like, oh, if you're like Ellen, it's okay. And I'm like, well, I do want to be a comic. Oh my God, yeah. that's funny. So when I came out, I called my mom because I was going to go on my first date with a girl. Right. 
And she was like, I know, ever. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And she's like, we let's, know. Yeah, we know. And then she's like, let's not tell your dad yet. And that made me scared. I was like, uh oh. Yeah. I better not tell my dad. And then I was going to do a show at this place called Little Buckaroo, or yeah, Buckaroos, a, a dive bar. Yeah. And uh, the newspaper interviewed me. Wait, this is in Texas. This is in Texas. So you went back to visit. Yeah, around Christmas and do my first show. Okay. And the bar and the local newspaper interviewed me. And the lady was like, are you going to be gay on stage? What and the fuck like, does that mean? What? She's like, I've been doing a little research. Are you gay? And I was like, oh, uh, yeah. She's like, you and me gay on stage. Holy shit. That's such a Texas thing to yeah. say. And she's like, I just need to warn the readers. And I was like, <laughs> like, Are okay. You gonna, that must have freaked you out. It freaked me out, but the place was like, I'm one of the good gay. You know, like yeah. they know me. <laughs> like, But still, it's like, it's something about that. It's like, I guess it's, there's, it, it comes from a very innocent place, so. But I think if I was that age, I would be, oh, I don't know what to what to do. I, I would be like, do, do I say yes or no? Like, you know what I mean? Like the yeah. thing where I would be scared to. Oh, I was terrified. Yeah. I was just sitting on a stoop actually outside because I worked at the Starbucks next to the second city. Mm-hmm. So I would take my little like 10 minute breaks on the stoop. And uh, yeah. And then I just remember doing a phone interview and then her telling me all this and asking me all these questions. And the night before the show, like the paper was going to come out. And I was like, I got to tell dad. Like, he can't find out this way. Right. The rest of my family did. Um, and that's fine. Yeah. And, you know, people, and my dad just hugged me. He was like, I know. He He's know. like, I still love you. And that is best case scenario. Yeah, that's pretty great. Pretty good best case scenario. Yeah. Well, so they weren't super Christian or anything, or they? They're Christian. Um, they weren't, like, ultra conservative. Yeah. You know, like, I didn't grow up going to church, but I was the president or co-president of Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Oh, Fellowship F of O no, Christian C. A, FCA. FOCA. Yeah, we left out the O. Fakas. Fakas. I was a big Faka. <laughs> <laughs> I loved a Faka. Yeah? Yeah, but I wasn't, like... I go to church every Sunday. Mm-hmm. It was just part of the the culture, right? Something grew. to do. Yeah, something to do. Something to be. So seen. they weren't like freaked out about it or anything. No, yet. they weren't like you're going to hell. It yeah. was like you're still our daughter. We still love you. It's okay as long as you're happy. So yeah, I did that. Came. Why were we? We were talking about coming out, right? Or was it Texas? Well, uh, Chicago. You're oh, in Chicago, Chicago. Cutting my teeth. Yeah. So yeah, you first came out. First came out. I had a girl come up to me at a Starbucks, and mm-hmm. she gave. Me, her number. Uh-huh. And I was like, it's on. Because <laughs> at first I was like, maybe I'm bi, but I'd never been with a dude. Yeah. I had a boyfriend named Chaz. Sorry, Chaz. Chaz! And Chaz, you listen, Faka. Sorry, Chaz. Sorry, Chaz. We dry humped for a long time. Ooh. Yeah, dry hump. He saw my titties once. I cried. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Like he saw them? I like took my top off. Yeah. And while we were making out, and then I was like, I'm a Christian, I can't do this. But in my mind, I was like, I'm gay. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, and I was also like insecure about my body yeah. and like not knowing, you know, they never been kissed before that. Before NBC. Chaz. <laughs> before Chaz kissed me. Chaz? Chaz was my kiss. Oh, Chaz. 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 Chaz gave me my first kiss. You, you super into jazz, Chaz? <laughs> yeah, do you know Jazz Chaz? Yeah, Jazz Chaz. Oh, wow. Is he here? Jazz Chaz. I would love to see him. It's been. Decades. <laughs> Chaz, uh, if you're listening, uh, please reach out and touch. Uh, get back in touch. Please we get in know, touch and touch. I want to hear about you. I want to know what you're up to. Chaz! <laughs> Never heard this before? Uh uh-uh. uh. This shit makes me want to fucking destroy. Oh, yeah. I'm the MMM. 
Is it a woman singing? Hell yeah, it is. It's not Kitty. Who? Kitty. Have you heard of Kitty? No. Enough of genocide. Really? That's the song? That's what she just said. Oh, I, I, I can't really understand it, huh? I wasn't thinking about it. Sometimes when I listen to metal, yeah. I always try to figure out what they're saying. Yeah. And it's so hard. I try to sometimes. Sometimes it's just so hard. It's just that guttural rage that's getting me through it. This is Never Forget, Never Repeat by Nervosa. Ooh. This is different Brazil. It's three ladies. This is a three-lady band. Yeah. And they fucking destroy. Yeah. My first, I'll tell you the first song I ever heard of them. They fucking killed me. Which is like this, this song is called, what is it called here? It is just like so ripping. I couldn't fucking believe it. I was like, what the hell is this shit? It was this one, Arrogance. That right there. Yeah. You hear that? It's like someone just fucking let a snake out. Yeah. That. Gotcha. How do you do that sound? To try it. Yow. See, you can do it, I guess. I can. Well, you try it. I can't. I know. I know. I can't do it because like a certain certain sounds make me cough. I almost coughed a little bit in that one. Yeah. Yeah. I can feel it hurting my voice. Yeah. I can't do it. Yow. Even the idea of it makes me hurt. What was the band you were talking about that we were you were saying I should oh, check Def, out? Death Haven is like an emo. It's like almost melodic, and then it gets into heavy. Like, Ooh. go look up Dream House by Death Haven. Def D E A F. Death, Death Haven. Haven. That's even weirder. I have a band called Death Haven. This album, like Dream House, kind of got me through a bit of a breakup because there's no. Um, Break I just up, crank uh, it up really loud right? And when I drive and it's I can't think about anything else except for the, what I'm doing I think Pecan Tree is another good one Pecan Tree? Yeah Texas Mm-hmm Well, this It almost sounds like some, like Smashing Pumpkins B-sides a bit. Yeah. It's not super heavy, but it's like... But it's full. Yeah. It's very wide. And then there's just a part where it just kind of goes down. aggressive as uh, Nervosa. Yeah. Yeah. It's a different thing. Yeah, it's a different type of metal. It's still a huge sound. Yeah. It's a huge sound. It almost sounds like black metal in a weird way. Mm Mm-hmm. But then it'll go into these, like, melodic pieces in the middle of their songs. I don't know if this one has it. 
where it's just so peaceful and then it just cranks back up again. There's a song this reminds me of that I'm going to play you that it's not very good. <laughs> I <don't> see. <laughs> you know what song also I would love to talk about once yes. we're done? It's by the Bindle family. It's called Do You Love Me. Okay. It's an old song. Let me just play this song that makes me think of this. Okay, cool. Yes. It is not. <laughs> it's a, I'm just laughing thinking about it. Because it really does sound like this. We're going to cut this one off just because it's super fucking long. Yes, yeah, they're all like 10, 12 minutes off. Deaf Haven Dreamhouse. It reminds me of this song right here. Is this Creed? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! Holy fucking shit! You called that in about, like, Jesus Christ, less than four oh, yeah. seconds. You know you heard, Creed song. You heard fucking, like, yeah. this is what you heard. Ready? Yep. It's Creed? Is <laughs> <Say> Creed? <laughs> <laughs> Ready? Here we go. Just Creed? <laughs> Wait a second. Creed. How many notes could it take? Here we go. Ready? This is it. This is it. Creed. <laughs> I took, took a spin. What if? Two notes. Two notes on the guitar. Creed. Let's literally. Bon amp. Creed. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. I started taking spin. Yeah. And like there's this super let it play. There's this super sweet tiny like woman that like teaches like Wednesday nights and she's so nice. She's like, is everybody doing okay? Like she's like this tiny Spanish little, lady? She's Armenian. I okay. love her very much. Right. But and she's like, everybody, you you can do it. She's so encouraging. And she played this song. Yes. As the final climb. And she was like, I'm going to play my favorite song. Holy and shit. It was this. And it was so hard not to laugh. Not to laugh. Oh. And she's like, this is going to get you going. And then it's like, we're going up the hill. This would fucking get me. I, you know what I would do? A lot of times when I'm working out really hard, I will cry. I will like crack I get so much fucking uh, endorphins. Yes, I, I have done that. I listen to like a song that's like really ripping. I'm just like, it's like this weird combination of everything coming together. And I get the fucking drip. I'm just yeah. like fucking. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It's like I imagine like saving something, yeah. like saving the life of. Like, yeah, it's yeah, like fucking your body's like, pulsing. Oh. Like, oh. I mentioned Death Haven, and right. subconsciously it must have been reminding me of this without knowing it. But it's the same chords. It's this. <laughs> yeah. That's the same as a Death Haven song. Ow! I mean, uh, we used to joke and listen to Creed all the time, but I will say this song, when it does do the guitar breakdown on the chorus, I fucking love it. Oh, yeah. Because when it does it, it's like that Zeppelin thing that. I think it's a half step. It's when you go from. Like musically a half step. You're not a musician, right? Are no, but I know a little bit of it. Yeah, well, like a half step is like the smallest interval in Western scale. And so it's something about when you do a big half step, to me it's like really powerful. I think we're about to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> I think I've played this in the podcast before, but who gives a shit? I can't believe I was like, 
Yeah, you check out this band Death Haven, it's Creed Hard. <laughs> it's like Creed being played twice at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Okay, everybody. Here, Here it we comes. go. Here it comes. It's coming. Mark Tremonte. Oh, the water guitar. Dipping. I just want to Spin class. Yeah. Yeah, here we go. Retribution. Everybody at a nine. <laughs> here it comes. Here it comes. Yes. <laughs> Let the air out and coast for a second. Yeah. Okay. There's one more climb. Get up on third. <laughs> third position. One more climb, baby. Sky and a school bus filled with candles. <laughs> this video is a... Have you seen this video before? A long time ago. This video is a... This is probably one of the last expensive music videos. Like like a real fucking pricey video that a label paid for. Like a probably a big director at the time. Who knows? It's probably fucking McG or some shit. But it's like... Like, you know, oh, we have an entire street we filled with water. It probably costs, like, a, I don't know, who knows, it's probably like a $2 million video or some shit. It's like a fucking expensive this shit music video. And it's just so... It's such a music video. It's like a yeah. thing you don't see anymore. You don't get it anymore. That kind of production that value. Kind of cash out. Oh, it's just delicious. Man, when I'm undersea, welding. She's undersea. When I'm... <laughs> When I'm undersea, welding like that? Yeah. I'll crank up Creed. I'll just put on a loop and just keep listening to that Creed over and over and I'll over. I'll cry. I'll get it out, right? Uh -huh. I don't know if you do this to a Creed. Right. And then as soon as I've cried myself to exhaustion, uh -huh. I'll let Creed pick me back up again. Really? Yeah. I'll do that, except instead of Creed, I'll switch to live and put on Lacani's Juice. <laughs> Same song, different band. Here it is. It was an evening I shared with the water. Under my big torch underground. I'm just an intern, guys. Don't get mad. <laughs> don't get mad. I don't just I'm just an intern down here. Don't fucking judge me, motherfucker. <laughs> hey, fuckhead. I know I fucked up, but guess what? I'm just a fucking intern. <laughs> I'm just a fucking welding intern, okay? Tick, meg, pop metal. I've done it. You know I don't have my qualification. You know I'm fucking not TIG certified. You're the one that let me down here. Just wow. gaslighting them on your ex. Gaslighting a This will. would never happen if you would have told me I couldn't come down here. How dare you? <laughs> you want to get mad at me? Get mad at yourself. You need it. That's right. You need to take a look at yourself. You're taking advantage of me. An undersea welding intern. How do you know about undersea welding? Um, I mean, it, it took welding in high school. Oh it's like God. an ag school, okay. you know, like yeah. it's a lot of farm kids and, you know, it's like a town of like 1,200 people. Yeah. So, you know, a little bit about TIG. Yeah. You had to take, you had to take arc welding, ACDC welding. Arc welding. Yeah. Plasma. We had one plasma, plasma. welder. Damn. Woo. We all scrapped to get on that plasma Damn. welder. Damn. We scrapped. Oh, it's my turn. That's serious shit right there. Yeah. And then some people like went to school to become under, underwater um, you know, That's welders. what we call a trade. That is a 
big time trade or yeah. like under like wells undersea wells, welding really? oh, you make so much money it's so dangerous it is i watched some documentary about that and these guys live in this fucking little little capsule mm-hmm. it's like i don't know how many feet down but they live there for like six weeks they got to they live down there because they can't think about their minds this guy seemed happy as fuck for real i think they love it because it's so it's like that thing where soldiers love battle Mm. And that's why they kill themselves when they come home. You ever heard about this shit? No, tell me. We're talking, I think I've talked about the podcast before, but there's like a lot of research that shows sense. that that's why people get so depressed. It's not because of PTSD. Well, it, that's what PTSD is in a way. It's like you go back to this place where, oh, nothing fucking matters. Like, I'm not needed. Mm-hmm. Everything's easy. Like, life is just a fucking bleh. Yeah. And before you were at the peak the edge of life. Everything is like, everything matters. Everything matters. Every second matters because it's like you're on this line and you're like living to the fullest extent of your abilities. And you go back, you're thrust back in this world where you have to make a decision whether you want Diet Coke or Diet Pepsi. Right. And it's like this thing where it's just so, it's so below, it's so superfluous and so um, unimportant that your brain like, gets fucking scrambled because it can't even handle the difference between that. Yet you're still alive and you're with people who you, your loved ones, mm-hmm. but it's just like, it doesn't, you can't connect the two. Right. And it fucking fries your brain. Also, I think a lot of people who are soldiers, I mean, not to say anything bad about them, but sometimes there's not their most like maybe um, self-aware individuals in terms of like uh, psychology. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of times people get like, they get fucking fucked up, and they don't know yeah. why they're fucked up. So all you can do is just... It happens to a lot of people. Yeah, you just got to blow, blow away your brain with chemicals. Yeah. Take the edge off. I got to take my edge Do you ever take the edge off? I smoke weed. Right. I smoke weed and drink, but I had an aunt that battled with addiction. Right. And What kind of addiction? Alcohol? No. Well, alcohol, but like also like hard drug use. Yeah. And seeing that... And then seeing what it did to my family. It's bad news. It's bad news. And it's almost like I don't want to try Coke. Like part of me wants to try mushrooms like in an expansive kind of like meditative way. I will tell you that it's almost, I would say it's literally impossible to be addicted to uh, psychedelic mushrooms. Okay, cool. It's not possible because the dosage parameter, the, sorry, the, um, the, what's it called when you get resistant to something? The, uh, I know what you're trying to say. Yeah, you're, uh. Whatever that is, when you get used to something, your um, tolerance yeah, yeah. skyrockets. Okay. So you just can't, you can't like, you can't get addicted to them. Tight. Yeah. But you I'm sh- always afraid when, when people are like, hey, you want to do some Coke? I'm like, I can't. Because yeah. I feel my mouth water like, yeah. Oh, really? Do it. And I'm like, no, I think if I go down this road, it's going to be a bad scene, friend. Yeah. Because it works so well. Yeah. All that shit's like just does the job you know some people that they'll do it and they're fine or yeah. they'll do it and then okay whatever and like some nights i'll go out and i'll drink and i'll drink and i'm like okay i need to slow down because mm-hmm. i'm feeling like a coyote like why like i just feel like amped i'm like yeah we're drinking we're having a great yeah, time yeah you want to just like because it's so good to just let loose you're not i'm not i don't have to deal with anything I'm yeah using it as an escape it's a painkiller yeah exactly it works so well though yeah <laughs> how your... about you you take the edge off 
Yeah, I take the edge off. I've been t- after I come home from work, I realize I, I realize like, man, it sure is nice to have like a glass of wine or a mm-hmm. beer or two. Yeah, that's nice. Especially if you're really tired because you can only drink so much and you go to sleep. Ah, uh, yeah, okay, yeah. But that's like that's me at my best. Ooh, what's a lot your- of times I'd be like, oh, I'll just have three IPAs and after I've on top of uh, some pharmaceutical speed and then just be hungover and feel like shit the next day and be like. I've basically given myself something to do in the form of, oh, what are you? What are you doing today? You're feeling bad. Yeah. You've given yourself a task of feeling bad and not being able to concentrate or get out yeah. of bed. I've been escaping. It's kind of interesting how that works with melatonin and like CBD weed. Yeah, CBD <laughs> oil and just sleeping and then like waking up feeling so low and I shouldn't it's just melatonin but I like I'm you know like it's still like messing with your dopamine and your serotonin levels yeah you sleep too much it's not good it's not good isn't that weird yeah there's so many things there's so many things I just I get like been obsessed with that stuff for a little while now just the idea of of how you feel good based upon not about rest but the opposite like you have to be stimulated enough Mm -hmm. to feel like like you're pushing it's like going back to gravity yeah, you gotta have are. gravity. Oh, your muscles atrophy, and I feel like it's the same thing. You gotta have like that a bunch of stress that's making you figure out problems. If you if you're not actively solving a lot of problems, you create a problem, and that problem you create is like, oh, I'm gonna be fucking wasted. Yeah, and if you're wasted, that like consumes your brain to the point where you don't have that is that becomes a problem. You're basically yeah. creating your own problem because you haven't created a problem that is a constructive one. So you're creating this problem that's like super negative and a real drag, but it's it works fucking great. Yeah, being hungover is a real hard thing to deal with. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's Tell so crazy it. how that shit works. And it's also if you get super hungover, it's like, well, I gotta have some more to patch it up. Yeah, exactly. And get that fucking get chain that hair going. Hair the dog. Hair the dog. Drink a bunch of coffee and stimulants oh, yeah. and stuff to wake you up, and, and then, then you feel worse all day. And then you try and to you crash. And then you're like, for like, lately, I've been like crashing, and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna sleep well tonight. And then like 10 p.m. comes, and I'm just like awake. You're jacked. I'm jacked. There's no stopping me. I yeah. won't stop, and then it's 3 a.m., and it's like, fuck. Like, You try doing the bad day thing? What's what bad? you do is you wake up early, regardless of how what time you went to bed the night before. Mm-hmm. You wake up like early, and supposedly what you do is you wake up early. Like, Let's say you wake up at 5.30, right, or 6, mm-hmm. as early as you possibly can, and you, have, you eat something right away. You mm-hmm. eat like a breakfast, a big breakfast, and maybe have, I don't know, a cup of coffee or something, and then you do not sleep that entire day. You do not. And then when you go to, you'll be forced to go to it early that night because you're fucking exhausted because you'll be going on adrenaline the whole day because you haven't slept maybe, maybe like four hours the night before. Mm-hmm. And then you'll sleep really hard and good that next night. And then you can wake up again early. That's supposedly a good way to break the cycle. Oh, I love it. I did try that last week and it's fucking hard as shit. Yeah, I fucking <laughs> imagine. Especially if you're like a comedian and you go do shows at night. You I know, know but... and then you gotta wake up and go. Yeah. <clears throat> but Excuse it's, me. It's interesting. It's a good little hacker. Hey, it's a great hack. It's a great Thank hack. You. Sweet laugh. What's this other song you want okay. to play, the one you're talking about? Listen to a pop on. It's called Do You Love Me uh-huh. by the Bindelay family. B-E-N-D-A-L-Y B-E-N-D-A-L-Y I found it mm-hmm. Okay, here we go this Is looks it a cool, guy right? in a blue turtleneck? It's like old you know my baby, you Yeah know, you know, you know, you know. Shit, this is good Oh, you came through <laughs> I'm already in 
This whole song is awesome. There's like so many changes in it. It's amazing. I don't Lebanese. I don't want to be me in the shower basically thinking about the guys who made all the trouble thinking about the guys who made all the troubles they ignore what they are doing they ignore what they are doing they ignore what they are doing do you love me It's gonna pick up again here in a second. It's already amazing. Yeah. How'd you find this? A friend. Listen to it. Do you want me? She's like, you gotta hear this song. When I go, shit. I can hear. There's two songs in one. Oh man, it's so good. There's Jim Nelson with two songs in one. I know. most beautiful people yeah. <laughs> in this music video I love it because none of their instruments are plugged in <laughs> fuck it <laughs> fuck it man but there's like it's hard to find I'm trying to find their albums or like tapes or anything it's so hard so they exist though right yeah there's some old records I'll tell you what I'll find this shit <laughs> I've been doing some hard digging you on discogs I don't know about discogs are not hard enough. They have an album called like Autumn Leaves. I can't understand what they're saying, but it's just so beautiful. I will find this. I will find this. I will crank up the creed and I will find this. Do you love me? Do you need me? Do you want me? It's like a, um, he's got, I don't know who it is. It's like, it's jazzy. It's real jazzy. Um, it's called, um, well, there's one called Kalakol that I haven't heard. Oh, there's Trips Number 1 in Africa EP, Red Axes. Red Axes. Mm-hmm. Trips Number 1. Mm-hmm. This is so good. It's almost over. Yeah, no worries. Ah, 
good. We live in Lebanon, it's so wonderful. Now Jesus it's a war zone. <laughs> we are both Arab and Christian and happy. Everyone is beautiful and then. We all Everyone is beautiful and then. We live by the sea, we have Mediterranean food, but Europeans come here all the time. Tripoli used to be the number one destination. How do you know everything about Hi-ya. everyone? I used to know because I really liked the idea of going to... chord progression yeah i love it i love it. i could listen to the uh the the call to prayer the muslim call to I prayer i think it's beautiful i fucking love that I shit i fucking love a good call to hey, prayer what's up you muslim hey can you, i fucking love that shit y'all do in let the me morning. get my phone up record it into here let me get my phone up i'll tell you what these dogs are freaking the fuck out but i love oh, it i love it i love it i freaking love it is this it What's the teaser? Ooh, you found the teaser? This is not what you wanted, right? Red Axes? Yeah, Trips, number one. Yeah. Look up this song, A-D-D-I-S. That is... Oh. Oh, I'll tell you what this is right here. This is fucking... This is classic shit. This is like Congotronics. Yeah, I love it. I've been cranking this up, freaking my neighbors out. What's up, 919 East Acacia? I used to play uh, play the prayer call at the window a lot of times. I think it's a fun thing to do at, at, at dusk. <laughs> Addis. Addis is the, that's in Ethiopia, I think. I don't know. I'm pretty sure. I wish I knew more. We didn't get very good a very good education in Texas, so well, I've been trying to learn on my I own. I know. Addis. This is Ethiopian shit, yeah. I recognize the Ethiopian script. Oh, you recognize that script? I recognize it. Dude, I feel like I could take you anywhere. You would know everything about anything. You know what you would dig, probably? There's a comp... We talked about it in the podcast before, but there's a compilation of uh, records called Ethiopiques. Okay. It's like Ethiopian music from the 60s and 70s. Oh, wow. I would dig on that. Yeah. I mean, I was, this is modern, but it's it's the same the same vibe, emphasis, all that. The, mm-hmm. oh, that, that chord, that... What, what that, that was just now... But the notes that are being played are specifically... That's a, it's a retrian. That's like 100% Ethiopian. That for this part, this little... Mm-hmm. Here it is. That right there. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but it is. That's fucking nice Ethiopian. Call. Welcome to oh, Ethiopia. You gotta hear this song. Okay. It's called... I don't know how many more, how long we have, but it's called Fucked Up America, Woke Up in a Fucked Up America. Right. By Lonnie... Lonnie Liston-Smith? Let me see. Uh, Lonnie Holly. I woke up in a fucked up America. L-O-N-N-I-E-H-O-L-L-E-Y. Oh, this looks rad. Okay. Oh, it's on Jag Jaguar, so that's a cool label. I'm going to fade this, pause it, and we're going to go to this one. We'll close it out with I this went one. To sleep. I went to sleep. Anticipating. 
J. You like going back? What's a J? For Johnny. Oh, oh yes. A J. Would you like going? You like going back there, don't you? I do miss my family. Yeah. Sometimes now that the political climate is what it is, it's a little scary. Is it? I, yeah. Are they, are they Trumpers? My my brother is. He is. And but his wife. But it's not a hardcore Trumper, though, huh? Yes. Really? But they we even now. Even now. Um, so it's so sort of doing those double downs. Double down hard. You know, I mean, sometimes I think you, you have to double down. It's like, you don't want to be, like I was talking about before, you don't want to be wrong. Right. Yeah. But it's also like, this is the first couple months where we've established, reestablished more communication. Yeah. And, you know, I still love my brother and he loves me and, and I love our family. And now it's gotten to a point where it's just like, let's rebuild our relationship. Yeah. Not that it necessarily... It's, you know, family is complicated, but... Complicated as shit. Yeah. I feel like that stuff, in a way, a lot of that political stuff is just sort of like a mask over something else yeah. that exists. Not really... It's like really just... Because it doesn't really matter that much, if you think about it. Right. You know I mean, like, in terms of, like... Like that John Prine song? That, like, yeah. sort of... I could see that transcending any kind of political thing. Right. Exactly. Anyone can like that. Yeah. I and mean, it's not like a... Just yeah, c- come on home. Yeah, come on home, man. So it's like we're we're talking, and he yeah. has a little daughter, a little baby Scarlet, six right. months, and I love her, and that's just kind of been bonding again. Yeah. But now when I go home, I mean, there's still Confederate flags flying everywhere. And the last time I walked into a store, they're like, "You're not from around here, are you?" And wow. I was like, "Oh, I was actually all American mascot for a few." And 
What like, would they say to that then? They're just like, oh, 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 oh. It's so weird to me because Texas is such a strange thing because Texas has really got a lot of both. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of fucking weirdos in Texas, hardcore. Mm-hmm. There's also a lot of like that just rampant traditionalism mm-hmm. there. I remember watching some video on how to make a Michelada by some cowboy bartender in the middle of fucking Texas, and he was saying how um, old dude was like, just so you know, there's going to be cowboys coming in here. They haven't, they've been out for three or four weeks. They haven't seen anybody. And if you got purple hair, they don't care. They're going to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to want to talk to you. They don't yeah. care if you've got short purple hair and you're like from the city. They're gonna talk to you. They've been They're out lonely. For a, they've been out for a long time. <laughs> They're looking for companionship, and they don't. They don't fucking care, man. They don't care if you got purple hair. <laughs> it is different. There are so many eclectic people yeah. in my hometown, and especially like some of my dad's friends. Yeah. They're just fun to talk to and listen to. Totally. All that small town shit's just like I don't know. It's like gravy. And just they also kind of they kind of love it because it's different from them, and they're like, God damn, yeah. look at this. It's just like a novelty. Holy shit, man! You're weird as fuck, but I love you. you I know? feel like it's only re- I don't know if it's I don't want to say only recently, but it seems like that's to me is the worst thing is when people. It's like making that thing that's... It's like giving people who are in that situation or something to be... Uh, how do we say it? It's like, oh, now I don't like this person, even though before I would have no problem with them. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, wait, I shouldn't like them? Or yeah. I shouldn't... I should be like... I should be fearful? When really it's like, you don't give a... No, you're not fucking scared. Yeah. Who gives a fuck? Who give, exactly. Who it's gives like, a fuck? And we all live in... You're all fucking Texan. So right. you're all crazy anyways. <laughs> It's like, but it's the same crazy. You know? it's, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. Yeah. yeah. Where are you from? Minnesota. Okay. Which is a similar type of thing, except the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one says shit except behind closed doors yeah. about the person. Well, I don't know about that person there. For 10 years, you'd be like, well, I'm mean to say this, but I kind of think it's weird the shoes you wear here because yeah. <laughs> you look kind of funny coming in there. And I figured, well, you didn't know if he was going to be, oh, he's a gay guy coming in here with that weird haircut, but we all get along and everything's fine. So, and now you didn't know if I know that. Yeah. But just forever. Forever and ever. Well, I saw a beagle today. It was pretty cool. We're up at 4 a.m. Saw an eagle. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. You dwell in the shadow of the Lord. He's a dependable guy Even though he died He came back after he did it He said he would and he did 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 People doubt it People talk shit behind his back Same time Kind of like you and me And 
and stardust mixed together With consciousness oh, A little bit of heather <laughs> I like the smell of dirt Just as much as I like the smell Of other things that aren't dirt Sometimes I like the smell of burning stuff And then I think about something's really burning And I shouldn't like the smell, but I still do You can't decide what kind of smells you like inside It's just how a factory senses work Synapses Snapping and synapsing Until you're nothing but a little piece of dust On the bottom of your daddy's boot See you later, adios